was that? We needed opening music, so I made that this little number on GarageBand. Did, did you do it, or did like a six-year-old girl down the street help you, or what happened? You said last week I could make something because we weren't going to buy anything. Uh, okay, well, I guess you get what you pay for. I tried one with electric guitar, too, uh, if you'd rather use that. Uh, let's not, no. Uh, so I'm Kevin Cray. I'm Steve DiMaselli. And this is episode two of T-Pop, the podcast. So I was thinking about this, Steve. Uh, As pirate fans, we are by nature masochists. Sure. And and I was thinking it might be a good idea uh, because we have so many mental issues of watching this team, all that trauma over the years and having to defend the indefensible uh, and try to find glimmers of hope, that it might be a good idea for us to just kind of uh, just kick our feet up on the couch and maybe just do a little therapy, just the two of us here about uh, being a pirate fan. Okay, yeah, that sounds good to me. I had an idea for... I had an idea for the name of this segment. Um, It was going to be Kevin's Crazy Corner with all Ks. No, but uh, no. you, yeah, you wisely stepped in and told me that was a, a terrible idea. And then once I stepped back and looked at it, I, I kind of realized what you're going for there. So we're going to call this Steve's safe space. And uh, I guess I'll go first this week with a take that uh, might be controversial. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, I think Cabrian Hayes is not good. And I have never thought he was good. And I don't think he's been worth, I don't think he was worth the contract that was given to him. Uh, I think he's been decidedly average and everyone keeps, oh, when the power comes, when the power comes. The power has never come. It was never there uh, all of his time in the minors. Uh, He's always run ISOs that are, far too low for his position. Now, I understand that things have evolved over the years and you don't necessarily need to have your slugger at third base and first base, especially if you have a slugger like O'Neill Cruz at short. But, I mean, come on. The, he's he's had one double-digit home run season in his entire career, and that was in Triple A in 2019. It, it's just not going to get it done getting seven, eight home runs out of your third baseman. Um, I would not have made the move to lock him down to that seven-year deal. He's a guy I would have maybe done something smaller uh, or been very uh, happy to go year by year with him. It's not like the Pirates have a payroll that you're going to have to worry about breaking the bank with him. Um, I just think it's a terrible deal. Everyone raves about the defense. It is great. I get it. But I don't really necessarily want to lock a guy down for seven years just because he has good defense and he might hit well. So that may be an unpopular take, although I kind of felt the tide turning on Cabrian Hayes a little bit throughout the year this year. But, uh, whew, man, that felt good. Felt good to get it off my chest. Kevin, I hear you. Thanks. And that's really all we as pirate fans need sometimes. So let, let's kind of 
kick our take our feet off the couch and talk about some happier news, uh, otherwise known as the next shiny object of the Pirates' affection, and that's Andy Rodriguez. Uh, tell me your thoughts on Andy after this year and what you have uh, forecast for him in 2023, and I'll tell you my crazy-ass idea. So I think he's, uh, you know, I, I think he's the biggest surprise of the season. Um, I mean, he's he's pre- hit pretty much everywhere he's gone, but he's also going to be an absolute steal when you look at what the Mets got from that trade um, with the um, with the Padres and what uh, what Indy could end up being. I mean, he went from kind of a guy who I thought could be a, a, an average catcher to a guy that I think could actually be a star if things fall in place the right way. I mean, I would expect uh, the normal contract shenanigans, of course. Uh, I mean, I, I don't expect him to be up until June. Uh, I would say that he's got a good shot at um, at contributing pretty valuable uh, valuably this year. I think he's got a, uh, you know, he, he's he's a, a got a very good glove already. So his his floors, you know, pretty high. Uh, just on that alone. And I mean, if he can hit a little bit, I mean, he's, he, he has a chance to be a really, really good one right from the start. All right. So you want to hear my crazy idea? Do you have time for it? Okay. Go for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are you, you doing anything or? No, I mean, I'm just, I'm just recording a podcast, you know, oh, that's, okay. that's, that's what I'm here for. All right. Well, while you're doing that, let me run this idea past you. So if I'm Andy Rodriguez or more accurately, Andy Rodriguez's agent, I'm on the phone immediately to Ben Charrington right now. And I'm telling him, hey, look, let's do a deal where we cut out this dance of, oh, Andy's got some stuff to work on in AAA still. Got to work on his framing. And I'm going to pitch a deal to Ben Charrington where I say, let's do a deal right now. And I'm going to propose a six-year deal with a seventh-year club option. And then that way it gets Andy on the opening roster uh, right away from opening day. Uh, at worst, I mean, look at this hot bouillabaisse that they ran through this year at catcher. Um, they were already starting to pare down some of it. They picked up a catcher off waivers from the Tigers just today as we record this. But none of those guys should be realistically blocking Andy. So even if he's not your starter... I would have him on opening day and just cut the middleman out and basically do a, a, a deal with no service time in it. Now I, I can hear your eyebrows raising right now. Uh, there have been, to my research, five deals done in MLB modern history for guys that have never had one day of service time in the, in the majors. Two of those five deals, Luis Robert um, and Eloy Jimenez, have worked out well. The other three, uh, Evan White for the Mariners, Jonathan Singleton for the, uh, at the time, Astros, those did not work out well. Now, kind of wedged in there is the Scott Kingery deal with the Phillies. Uh, at best, he seemed like he was going to be a, Utility guy, I'm not really sure why they did that deal. 
but they did it, and that one kind of busted also. But so two of the five worked. Now there's a whole host of other guys that were signed with less than a half a season, including one Salvador Perez uh, with the Royals. Now, Steve, if I say Salvador Perez, what's the first thing that pops into your mind? I don't know if anything does pop into my mind, to be honest with you. That's a fascinating Rorschach test. Uh, I'm going to say terrible deal for him. He should have fired his agent immediately. Back in 2012, he signed a five-year, $7 million deal. Now, even saying that's 10 years ago, that is still comically low. Uh, But that's a framework. He was signed with, I believe, 50 days of service. So here's what I'm proposing for Andy. You tell me how terrible this is. Six years, $21 million with a club option. You do $1.5 million this year, $1.5 million in 2023, I should say, $1.5 million in 2024, two and a half in 2025. That takes him out of his, quote, uh, minimum salary years. And then when you get into his three R beers, you do four, four and a half, and six with a club option for nine and a $1 million buyout. Total all that up, you get six for 21 with obviously the seventh year making it possibly seven for 30. Um, is that a terrible idea for you? No, I, I think I'm I'm going to surprise you on this, and I'm going to say it might make sense for the Pirates, and I think it's also going to make sense for the, the player as well. But uh, one caveat, though, I'd almost like maybe another club option in there. Because um, right now you, you, they're on balance, you know, pretty much the same amount of control. They're just adding those extra th- couple of months in the front end. But uh, I mean, you know, I, so I'd love to see them make up for it on the with a maybe tw- in 2030 with a club option for 11, maybe a $2 million buyout. Um, I'd also um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of front loading contracts as well, too. Um, same dollar value, but maybe push some of that money earlier in the contract. It might be even more enticing, uh, enticing for Andy to get done. But the reason why this might make sense, and, and I stumbled across this on COTS um, like two weeks ago, and it just stuck with me. Endy's uh, signing bonus, $10,000. Insane. Right. And correct me if I'm wrong, but he, he did not sign when he was 16. He signed when he was 18 because he was kind of like one of those late bloomers diamond in the rough types. I, I think he was a little bit older, so. um, but he's never been paid. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, he's been he's been getting by on whatever your minor league per diem is, which I think gets you like two, you know, cheeseburgers at McDonald's or something every four days. Like that's what he's been eating. So I, no, I, I think this is I think this is potentially incredible for the player because it gives him some financial security. Um, where, I mean, he really hasn't had it. I mean, he hasn't had financial, let alone security, you know? So, I, yeah, I, I mean, I think it makes sense. Now, all aboard the Hypocrite Express, I just blasted the Pirates for doing the 70-year, 70 70-million-plus 70 deal with Cabrian Hayes, but here I am asking them to, you know, hop into a deal with a guy that's never even seen the PNC Park field yet. 
but this one feels a little bit different to me because it's the dollar amount isn't there. It's a position that there's a crying need for uh, at catcher. And it, it almost feels like his floor at this point is basically what the Pirates got out of their catcher core this year. Just that 70 weighted runs created uh, type of you know terrible backup catcher. But I mean, that's like his his floor, in my opinion. Uh, obviously, his ceiling is, yeah. And I think his defense might be a little higher than the rest of them too. So, I, I mean, no, I'm I'm one hundred percent. I'm 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 one hundred percent with you. But yeah, I mean, the, those guys, none of those guys had an actual ceiling though. Like, I, I mean, I would be surprised if he his floor is much less than one one and a half. Uh, at you know F four at this mm-hmm. point you know so um, just on the defense alone and and I mean he's hit everywhere that he's been I'm sure he's at least going to be like competent so okay so we can book that deal and send the paperwork over to Ben Charrington five um, percent agent fee you want to just split that or yeah how do you sure wanna, how do you want to do that. it okay. yeah no no we can split it. We can split it. I mean, it's your idea, so I mean, I'll even I'd be happy to give you, uh, you know, two point seven percent to my two point three. Oh. I mean, so. Oh, okay. I was actually gonna hold out for two point six, so oh. two point seven is uh, quite generous on your part. We got a deal. So, all right. So, the Pirates are terrible at catcher. They're terrible at first base, and they're terrible in the bullpen and they could probably use a veteran to stabilize the rotation. So if you're in the market this off season and you're Ben Sherrington, uh, who are you looking for? So I have a couple of interesting ideas. Um, if the pirates are looking for a one year deal sort of rebound option along the same lines as what they got last year, um, and really the last two years, uh, Michael Waka is a really interesting name. Um, it hasn't been, uh, hasn't been what he was years ago, but at the same time, I mean, he'll probably come pretty cheaply, so I don't mind taking a flyer on him. Uh, if they're willing to go with a multi-year deal though, I'd love to see them, uh, shoot for somebody like Zach Eflin or, uh, <gasps> Jamison Tyon. Um, I don't really think, I don't think JMO is actually going to be Whoa. a guy that's going to command a huge contract in free agency. Um, I, I mean, I'm thinking probably, you know, looking at deals that they've handed out, you know, maybe like a a, 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 a more advanced version, you know, I mean, a 2022 version of what Francisco Liriano got on his, uh, when the Pirates signed him initially as a free agent. So, um, you know, probably in the, I would think, you know, maybe two, three years in the 10, 11 per range, which is really not anything in, in today's numbers. But he's a guy that, you know, is going to, he'll be a, a feel-good story um, if they do go that route. And he'll also be a solid three in a week rotation, you know, um, it, you know, really probably pitches up a little bit in this one, probably more like a, a, a two. Um but, uh, but yeah, I mean, he stabilizes it, and I think he could be pretty good um, as the team progresses and, and adds some other pieces. 
uh, if he is here multiple years. I, I like it. I like it. So I always look around and I think, all right, who are the terrible front offices? And for me, it always comes up Colorado. I, I truly don't know if they know what they're doing, uh, like at all, in, in like how to construct a baseball team and how to, you know, run an organization. So I was kind of looking more on the trade market for my starting pitcher, and I was looking at Herman Marquez. Uh, okay. He is, in my opinion, he, he flashed uh, have a number two potential, but for me, he's more of a three. Um, he had a four-war season back in 2018, but he's kind of more settled into that high two, low three range in the past few years. And I would at least call up the Rockies uh, and see what they'd be looking for in a trade because he's got one guaranteed year in 2023 and a club option. Um, And I'd at least want to see what it might take to pry him out of there. And, And I'd be willing to move on from, from a couple of not your Quinn Priester or even Mike Burroughs of the world, but, um, you know, I'd be willing to talk about some pitching or, or prospects, you know, kind of a little bit lower down the tier, uh, just to see what we can get for Marquez. Um, because I think he'd be a perfect guy to put in at number three. Um, you and I have talked that we like at least two, maybe three, pitchers that are going to be seeing some time next year uh, for the Pirates right off the bat or you know very early in the year but they're probably at least one maybe two short and I think Marquez could really fill that void um, for the Pirates he's, and especially he's coming off a down year in 2022 maybe he could be had a little bit so that that's kind of a guy I'm looking at on the trade market now what what are your thoughts on on the reliever section of things so um i'm gonna go with uh so seth lugo i think might be a guy that could come in and make some sense for them um you know he's not coming off of his best years which again makes him a candidate for uh, a great candidate for the pirates but he's still steady like i mean he would still have been the pirates second best reliever last year in all likelihood um Again, I'm going to go with another crazy one, though. I'm going to go with, uh, for the other one that I'd be interested in going after, I'm going to go with Araldus Chapman. Uh, I mean, locker room locker room cancer aside, oh. I mean, the guys, um, he, he's, still got, he's still got the stuff. Uh, I mean, he could be an incredible reclamation project, and the Pirates aren't going to compete this year. So give him a one-year deal. If he gets it together, he, they're going to turn around and cash in on him at the trade deadline. So, I mean, he might burn a few bridges on his way out, but um, I think it could be interesting. Again, fans would fans would eat this up. He's not the same pitcher that he used to be. He's not going to get the same salary that he used to. Um, I don't even know if he's going to – I mean, I could even see him retiring at this point, you know, just uh, if, if the numbers don't come in that he likes. But um, at the same time, take a flyer on him, Mike. This would look incredible on – the optics of this would look incredible. Um, some of the optics, he's a little problematic. A little bit. A little uh, bit. You know, if you basically have Araldus Chapman and G1 Bay on the, on the field at the same time, you're, you're making a statement. 
It's a Cincinnati Bengals type statement, you know? <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So first base. Total wasteland for the Pirates this year. Second only to the catcher position, which we've already discussed ad nauseum. Could you see a reunion with another ex-Pirate? Or are you looking at someone else? Yeah, I mean, you, you're alluding to, uh, to to possibly bringing Josh Bell back in. Um, I mean, listen, I'm going to give one feel-good moment per show at most. Um, so I, I, I think, uh, Bill's probably going to be a little out of their league if we're, if we're being honest. I mean, he's, he had a, he had a decent year this year. I, I mean, I think he'll probably, uh, I, I mean, he'll certainly command a multi-year deal. Um, I don't know if they'll be willing to commit to the amount of time and money that he'll probably end up getting. Um, I'm thinking probably somewhere in the, I don't want to, you know, honestly, I, I would just be speculating. So, um, but I, I mean, I do think he'll get at least. I, I think he'll get at least three. Um, I don't know what his. I, I don't know what his money is going to be. Um, or he'll take like a shorter deal for a bigger number, uh, just to like um, kind of reset and just move forward. Um, I kind of like Jesus Aguilar. Um, I have no idea if he's going to recuperate or you know come back. He was pretty rough this year, um, but he's going to be dirt cheap. He might even be a, a minor league free agent. Uh, He's got some upside. Um, I, I think he's, uh, um, you know, I I I, I think he's a, a fine player um, when he's at his his best. I don't recall him being incredibly old either. So I think there's a decent shot that he rebounds. So um, yeah, I mean that's probably I, I mean my best bet. But I, I don't think um, I don't think there's a really great option out there for the Pirates at this point anyway. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Um... I don't know. Does Greg Bird do anything for you, or uh, that's Carlos Santana? Uh, I mean, it's just not a lot of good options out there on the. I, I don't. I don't think they're going to be able to afford him. I think he's gonna. I think somebody's going to pay him more than yeah. they're going to want to pay him. But I mean, he's uh, he's definitely getting up there, Carlos. I mean, he could be one of those guys that you you give him ten million dollars for a year and the wheels just fall off. You know, I, I mean, again, I, he might even get more than that. I mean, I, I'm not even sure what he's, he's not even a guy that I've researched. Uh, do you, do you know what he's making off the top of your he head? He did pull 10 and a half this year okay. at age 36. Okay. And I, I think he did well enough that he might be able to command that again for next year. So I just don't see the Pirates giving him one year, 10, I don't know, for somebody that age. Um, but then again, it isn't Neil Huntington, so he's not terrified of anything over the age of 32, so... That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Something. Something bad must have happened in, to Neil Huntington when he was age thirty-two because that is a uh, that's a real trauma point for him. I mean, every deal ran out to someone's age thirty-two year, and then you know yeah. they would just put him on like the Dextra kill floor and just shipped him out on an ice floe after that. He must have lost the hair that year. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I was just kind of, I was about ready to toss out a, a name for you. Uh, what about chasing this white whale for Pirates fans of a decade ago? Uh, Miguel Sano. Now, let me set the stage for you, because you're probably thinking, how did he do this year? 
he was terrible. He, at age 29, he only played 20 games this year, uh, batted 083, and had a weighted runs created average of nine, so 91% worse than the average hitter. But to me, that smells deal. <laughs> Well, he, he's certainly not going to get any, uh, any, any major league deals this offseason, that's for sure. I, I wonder, I have to wonder, is he still salty about his initial signing? Um, because if he is, I mean, I, would he still rule the Pirates out, even if they were his best option now? It, it'd be really interesting to see. I, I'm a hard no on him, though. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I, as, as mediocre as, as Aguilar is, I think he's still probably a better, safer option um, to at least get through the first, you know, few months of the season. Um, you know, uh, no, I don't know. I just don't. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to come into. I just don't think they're going to come into the season with a good plan at first base. I, I hate to. Uh, I, I hate to be negative, but um, this is one area, situation where I just don't. I, I don't think anybody's going to be real excited about what's, what's there at first this year. All right, so we touched on it already with our talk of getting a starting pitcher in here, but um, maybe it's the fumes from the pipe glue on the pipes in my basement that we had redone today. Uh, it's possible. But I kind of am optimistic about the Pirates' rotation, or at least curious about it for 2023 you got Ronzi sure you got at some at some point Luis Ortiz sure uh, you got Keller who in my opinion has shown himself to be a very solid number four pitcher which is sure. like almost dam- damning with faint praise but if you think I, back I to this be... time yeah oh. I, I know I'm always more negative on pitchers. Or not I guess. negative, but cautious. But I mean, if you think about it, this time last year, people were trying to run him out on no. a rail. So now, if you're talking about a guy who's a four, maybe a three, that's a hell of a year. Sure. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. He's come a long way. And then you got guys like uh, Oviedo kind of floating around, Quinn Priester. He's probably going to be a, a guy that people are going to be looking at. In June, um, you have uh, Mike Burrows floating around in AAA also. Uh, and then you got a guy like Brubaker, who, if Brubaker's your number five or your number six, that, that's pretty good. Uh, should he be starting on opening day again? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're starting to build some depth and you're starting to have some guys who are a little bit more than just fours and fives, which is what I think they entered this season with. Um, and then if you could get one of those pitchers that we talked about, whether it's a trade or free agency, I mean, now you're starting to, now you're starting to cook a little bit with some depth. Sure. And I do think Brubaker is going to start the season in the rotation because I don't think Luis Ortiz is going to, I think they're going to want to send him down um, in, you know, one part, maybe service manipulation, uh, two parts, he really, really needs a change-up. And if he can find a change-up, he's going to be pretty incredible. Um, so I, I think that there's 
there's going to be people that uh, trash that as as just sending him down for uh, for salary um, and and for control. But at the same time, uh, like I said, he's got he's got a pitch pitch that's just missing in action at this point. I think he threw his change up like five percent of the time when he was in the majors. So he's got to. Um, He's got to add to his arsenal, and if he does, he's going to be very, very good. But I think Brubaker's earned the right to to stay in the rotation. Um, you know, he's certainly going to get tendered a contract. I mean, at this point, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't at the end of next season as well. Um, so I, I think he's been pretty decent, and I think he's been overshadowed by Keller, but I do think that there's um, been progress on his part this year too. So I'm glad it was just me and you talking it. You never didn't hit the record button or anything, in case we said anything embarrassing. But um, like about our Aldis Chapman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, God, if he would have smashed that record button and put that out, yeah. Oof. yeah. But uh, well, hey, it was good hanging out with you again, as always. Yeah. What are you What are you doing the rest of your uh, West Coast night? Oh, I don't know. Probably editing a podcast. Yeah, well, good luck with that. I mean, hopefully it was a good one. Yeah. Well, we'll find out tomorrow, won't we? Well, okay, I guess, yeah. It's cryptic, but sure. Uh, no, I think we did right, good. Well. I think we did good. I mean, let's... Uh, I, I think we, this is an improvement over uh, the last time. We got some got some jokes in here, you know? So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even have to lean on any... Mike Burrow's insurrection jokes or anything, and no. you know it was a it was a good one. So, all right, well, all right. that's it. <laughs> that's a good sign off. Yeah. Yep. Bye, guys. See all you right. Next time. I'll, yep. See you later.